You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. The Naked Naturopath is super excited to team up with Remedy Kombucha to help bring this podcast to you. I'm always talking fermented foods and drinks, and I based my cookbooks around the health benefits of these things. Sarah and Emmett Condon started Remedy on their kitchen bench, just like I did when I started experimenting. They make their drinks the old school way in small batches using a long-aged brewing process. What they have now is the tastiest, healthiest, raw kombucha going around. This means that it still has all of those good bacteria and live cultures, organic acids and antioxidants that are great for your gut and your overall well-being and health. You can find out more and order online via remedydrinks.com. And for all my amazing listeners that are here on the podcast, you can get a treat by entering the code TNN for The Naked Naturopath at the checkout. You'll get 20% off and free delivery. Thanks, Emma and Sarah, and enjoy the podcast today. Welcome back to The Naked Naturopath. I am Melissa Gearing, and I am The Naked Naturopath, and today we're talking periods. So if you are not interested or if you're a boy and you're grossed out, then it's time to tune out. As women, I know that we love to talk about periods and we love to talk about our cycles. And I wanted to do this blog because I read some really cool research on a particular herb. So not only can I talk about all the girly stuff, but this will be the herb of the month. From now on, you will be listening to one herb every month, uh, which is by popular demand. Uh, I'm getting a lot of emails saying, you're a herbalist, talk more about herbs. So that is what I will do. And in terms of periods, there are so many different herbs that you can use to assist with so many different types of periods. And um, I thought that I would just give you a rundown of a couple of different um, common conditions that I see in the clinic and, you know, arm you with some facts so that next time you chat to your friends about your period, you know, what's normal, what's not, how common menstrual dysfunction really is and what can be changed, what needs to be fixed, what you can take herbs for and what might need some extra help and investigation because it's really important that we don't just think, oh, it's really normal for me to have this type of severe pain or, you know, a migraine every period or um, I've got this huge lump in my, you know, in my tummy when when I get a period or whatever it might be and think that that's really normal because we've had it all our lives and just put up with it. It is worth getting, um, you know, some of those serious things investigated and I highly, highly recommend that in the clinic uh, with or without herbs. So a normal bleed really can come anywhere between every, well, every 21 days, which is what I have, to every 35 days. And irregular menstruation outside of that affects one in five Australian women of reproductive age. So it is really common that, you know, your your period may be shorter or longer than that for a number of different reasons. It doesn't just affect our cycle. You know, if your period comes more than every 21 days, it affects your lifestyle, your relationships, your mental health. And that is especially true if you have a long cycle and you're not having a bleed very often and then you decide that you want to try and conceive, um, that's really hard because you think, you know, um, if I'm not bleeding, how could I um, be ovulating correctly and therefore conceive? Um, 
a longer cycle like that may mean that you have uh, this thing called PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome or polycystic ovaries alone without syndrome. That affects around 20% of women worldwide. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's something that I see in the clinic all the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've treated it over the years more more times than, than anything else, really. Polycystic ovarian syndrome is probably apart from general fertility, people coming in and wanting to have babies. It's the most common thing that I see in women, um, you know, complaining of reproductive issues. The most common symptoms of that are irregular bleed um, and period, which is normally teamed up with a very long cycle. So that means that you may not bleed as often as your friends. This makes it really, um, you know, like it makes it a little bit more difficult to get pregnant as, like I said, the ovulation may not be occurring as regularly. Plus, it's really hard to know when you're ovulating because you're not bleeding as as uh, cyclic, uh, Lee, cyclically, if that's a word. Um, and there are some really effective herbs for the for treating this. And um, like I said, I've treated it many times in the clinic, and I use those herbs all the time. Those herbs are, you know, chase tree, peony, licorice. They help support normal ovulation function, regulate menstruation, and they alleviate the adverse uh, effects such as um, pain. So they can get a more regular cycle for you. With polycystic ovarian syndrome, there is an added issue of blood sugar dysregulate, dysregulation, and that's it's really common that people with PCOS, PCOS sorry, have weight management issues, um, and that they may even you know become insulin resistant very easily. And that's important. It's important to monitor because insulin resistance is your first kind of step to type two diabetes, and you do not want to go down that road. So some of the other common symptoms along with that syndrome picture are um, hertuism, which is hair on the face, often on the chin for women, the the weight stuff, the insulin resistance. Um, and, you know, that's that picture is a really hard picture for a woman to, to sit with. Um, nobody, nobody wants to have hair where you don't want it and be feeling like they are outside of the normal weight range and then be not bleeding very often and, um, you know, trying to get pregnant. And there's, there's a lot of stress, and I find that there's nearly always anxiety uh, that goes along with that condition for those reasons and for many more, I'm sure. Um, but if you want to find out more, you can go to this website, www.racgp.org.au and they have a really cool fact sheet on um, polycystic ovarian syndrome plus there's heaps of other resources but I really like that one. Now the other common thing I see in the clinic is endometriosis. I'm going to refer to it as endo from now on and what I want you to take away from this is that a period should not be painful. So cramps, dragging, clots, that's not something that you have to put up with you know it may be your normal and it was my normal for a really long time but um it's not something you have to put up with and it can be really really well assisted by herbal medicine this often comes along with other you know estrogen dominant issues because endo is an estrogen dominant uh condition it's also um a a autoimmune condition mood swings, sugar cravings, anxiety, headaches, nearly always anxiety, and migraines tend to go hand-in-hand with that as well. 
It's far more common than we realize it. It affects around one in 10 Aussie women's. Um, and like I said, that includes myself. It's one of the most common things um, that that I am treating with herbs at the moment. Um, so I tend to get this influx of PCOS and then this influx of uh, endometriosis. And most of the time, uh, it's when people want to conceive. And I'm treating a lot of endo at the moment with the hopes of, um, you know, making some little babies in there, which is uh, what herbs are good at. And I always use the support of, um, you know, the patient's doctor. It's really important that that endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome and any other reproductive disorders are properly investigated, properly diagnosed from a medical system. Um, and herbs can work in really well with that. So a lot of my polycystic clients are on a drug called metformin to manage their blood sugar levels, their insulin. Um, and, you know, with uh, endo, endometriosis can grow in many different places where the mucous membranes are. So it can cause even, um, you know, back pain and things like that well outside of your reproductive organs. So it's important that that gets investigated as well. Because I treat it a lot, I see a lot of good results. It generally responds quickly to herbs and it can just extend that cycle a little bit. So, you know, I went from around an 18-day cycle and getting you bleed every 18 days is a real pain in the ass. To a 21, 22, I'm around 23 days after having Cali, which is great. And, um, you know, this is the first thing I went and seen a herbalist for before I even knew what a herbalist did or that I would one day be one. And it, I, you know, it, it cleared my pain, which I had been on and off of the pill for for years and had had no success with that treatment. Um, you know, herbs worked really, really well for me. So I'm a big advocate when it comes to this. Um, endo occurs when the endometrial cells grow outside the uterus where they really should stay and a major major symptom of endo is pain with a period pain with intercourse sharp pains outside of a bleed so pain 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 many women think it's normal to have pain and it takes on average around seven years for endo to be found and diagnosed which is way too long way too long for us to be going on and thinking that it's really normal to have to miss work every month and take loads of painkillers and, and, you know, just put up with it. And taking the pill can sometimes mask the symptoms, but it doesn't really treat the issue all the time. If you want more info on this, you need to go to www.endometriosisaustralia.org and they have a fact sheet as well. And I'm giving you these resources because I am doing a very quick you know, overview uh, on a podcast and I, I can't talk to you. I can't see you right now. And um, if you need support, then you need to get some facts. And, um, you know, of course you can book an appointment with me and we can, we can talk in person or we can talk via Skype, but it's really nice to have some good quality resources outside of Dr. Google. So if you, um, you know, and if you worry, please see your doctor as well. God, you know, this is what they, this is what they do. They know the symptoms and they will help um, go see a good doctor. Um, now, the herb of the month is ginger, which isn't a normal herb that you know you kind of go to in your dispensary as a herbalist for these conditions. Um, but you know, I'm going to be a little bit biased because I'm you know I have endo and I am always interested in the research with dysmenorrhea. Dysmenorrhea, meaning a um, you know dysfunctional uh, menorrhea, which is bleed, 
and in particular painful periods. So there's been several human clinical trials on ginger as an anti-inflammatory and it was confirmed by a recent meta-analysis and what we're talking about here is that these herbs have been put through the paces, uh, the same kind of paces as pharmaceuticals and this is ideal in this day and age so that we can stand up against pharmaceuticals and say, hey, we work just as well or we work better for this or we don't work as well for this. And um, when I said against, I don't mean against as in fighting. I mean stand up with them um, in terms of proof because that's what it comes down to is the proof. It Ginger blocks um, this thing called COX and the COX pathways in the prostaglandin synthesis. And what that means is that it it blocks the anti-inflammatory players which are part of the pathophysiology of dysmenorrhea. So dysmenorrhea may be caused by these uterine prostaglandins which are you know, um, key players in the dysmenorrhea and therefore the pain. And they were seen to um, be as effective as pain relief in the first three to four days of a bleed. Um, it was seen to show a reduction in pain when you, when they were used in these first few days, which is when most people get their uh, pain in the first few days of their bleed. And safe with without uh, the gastrointestinal side effects of common um, what we call NSAIDs, so non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. This is great. Like, you know, ginger is amazing. It has so many actions and uses. It's um, it's a peripheral circulatory stimulant. It's anti-inflammatory. Those things mean that it will take blood to a stagnant place and help with pain relief, help with inflammation, and that is you know included in the um, reproductive organs of of you know women. It. As you all know, probably it helps immensely with nausea and morning sickness and travel sickness. So it's already got an affinity for some female conditions in in the um, reproductive phases of our life. It also helps with uh, digestive weakness, you know, um, flatulence, bloating, dyspepsia, heartburn, all those things because it wakes the stomach up and it brings blood to the stomach so that it can be uh, have some vitality back to it as well. Um, it helps with infections, fever, common cold, bronchitis, you know, all of those things because, um, you know, it's, it's a, what do you call it, a um, diaphoretic and it's, uh, it's a stimulant, like I said, and it's um, a digestive and a carminative. Uh, so it's going to, like I said, wake all that stuff up. And it's in my cold and flu mix, my cold and flu tonic that I sell um, off the shelf because it's going to help with all of those winter complaints and you probably use it like uh for those who like ginger cutting fresh ginger into some boiling water peel it cut it put it into some boiling water and then let it boil away for 10 minutes or so and then pour it off and add a tiny bit of maple syrup and it's the most delicious thing and you'll feel it wake up your senses and wake up your body and warm your body so when we talk about that stimulating effect it moves the blood and warms the body and and um, gets rid of stagnation that is, you know, that effect is important for arthritis, rheumatoid, osteo, rheumatism, any kind of joint pain and, 
you'll know as you come into winter that uh, those joints get stiff and sore and painful and ginger can heat them up and wake them up like putting a warm heat pack on your on your sore neck or your sore fingers or whatever it is it is particularly good but for spasmodic dysmenorrhea and endometriosis so if you do have them you may find that even using ginger at home helps helps with your pain and that research that i just told you about has kind of given us uh, proof of what naturopaths and herbalists have been doing for years and there's so much so much research going on at the moment in herbs i will keep you updated month to month and um, if you want a particular herb uh, talked about you let me know but that's ginger and i hope hope that you can use it in your day-to-day life for something and if you do want it as a herbal medicine then you jump onto the website and uh, make a booking and i can make you a tonic a you know scripted tonic uh thanks so much for listening in and i will talk to you soon if you like what we do here at the naked naturopath then be sure to rate review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode To learn more about Mel and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mel or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.